Hi everyone, so happy to have you here again this week. It's really been a blast doing this. My name is Annette Nave with Nave Productions. I am an event producer. We specialize in corporate, social, nonprofit, and weddings. Welcome to A Turn of Events, where we help you put a positive spin on your business. This has been something that we started just when COVID hit, so it's been really fun. I have a really great speaker today, help interviewer. It's just been, she's amazing, and I love her so much. Her name is Daniela Grafton, and she's a colleague of mine in the industry and has talked all over the industry and has done amazing work. And we kind of look the same because we have red hair. <laughs> Let me bring her on and get this started. I love that. And whenever we're together, I get people saying, are you guys related? Is she your daughter? Like, no, she's my sister. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We go drinking together. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I'm so happy to have you here. We're going to talk about some great stuff, cultivating your network, which is really kind of a crazy thing to do right now because of what's happened to us. We've all so used to networking in person and you know what do we do now it's like it's just been really crazy i know we're all been on zooms and doing all that so we're going to talk a lot about that but first i want you to introduce yourself tell us where you came from how you got to where you are and all about your business and what you're doing awesome thank you so much for having me like you said my name is Daniela grafman i own vision event company here in new york city we were just talking about new york i'm a born and raised new yorker so i've been here my entire life and we, as a company, we specialize in event coordination, logistics management, primarily for weddings and nonprofit events. So we generally come in three to six months out and really help with all the logistics, putting it together and executing the events. And I, like you said, I speak all over. I am a part of various associations on the boards and it has been quite a wild ride going through this, but the networks I've built through those associations have really been my support system through all this. And so it's definitely something I'm super passionate about talking about and helping others find their way to, to have that support system. And so what you mentioned the associations, why don't you talk a little bit about that and what's the importance of being, I know we're both in the event industry. Yep. We've like done this forever. And so what's the importance of being, you know, I ran an association. I was the president and founder of the Event Planners Association for the New York chapter. I did that when I first started my business because I had been doing events for 20 years at that point, but I didn't know a lot of connections here. I had worked my business in Los Angeles for many years. And when I came to New York, I didn't have a lot of connections. And when I started my business, I figured it was the quickest way for me to meet a lot of people in the industry, get my name out there, and then a lot of venues. So I could throw parties which we threw a lot of parties and bring all of the vendors and the venues together. And so that was the way, and it was really a great way to get things going. And it was, luckily I met the owner of Event Planners Association and she was starting chapters. So I was like, I'll start the New York chapter. And then I brought on, you know, Danielle Bavish and it was, and it was, yeah, it was really, really a great time. But finally I had to just, you know, my business got too busy. So tell me about what, how you have experienced that. I know you're in the wedding association, right? Yeah. So currently, it's funny because I had the same same experience with WIPA, which is the Wedding International Professionals Association. And a few years back, so I think it was 
three, almost four years ago now, I actually got a call from Sandy Hammer at All Seated and with love her, love her product. And she was telling me about WIPA and how there were chapters around the U.S. and they wanted to open one in New York because there really weren't any wedding specific associations here in the city. And it would just be such a resource and Prior to that, I had been on the board of ILEA, which is the International Live Events Association, and I still am involved. I love them to death. Like, I think it's such a great association because it's so broad spectrum of the industry. Right. So you have everyone represented, and I got so much experience being in leadership. I always say, like, I was definitely voluntold to do a lot of things that I never would have voluntarily said yes to do, but it really helped me from a leadership perspective. And to be honest, not just from an association standpoint, but even for my business, you know, like I've had my business now for a little over nine years and having that experience in an association where we're all volunteers, but you're working for the betterment of our industry, right? For resources and education and, and referrals that helped me translate those skills to my team and managing my team and, you know, setting expectations and, and how to run a company really. And so when Sandy approached me, I, I was intrigued. And one of the biggest kind of reasons why I said yes was we were both going to help with creating the first board. And so it was going to be an opportunity to take some of the kind of seasoned legends of the industry. And then some people who were a little bit newer like myself and, you know, we have some experience, but would love to learn from others and really bridge that gap so that we could all learn from each other and open our books. And it was really focused in education. So there's always an educational component to it. And Three years later, we've been having amazing events. Obviously, everything has been put on hold. And so the networking in person has changed. But to be honest, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but I feel like during this, this four months that we've had of being at home, the networking we've done. So we have this standing meeting every Wednesday night for our members that has become kind of a forum. And it has been some of the most genuine networking I've ever been a part of because Everyone is kind of stripped down. Everyone's in the same boat of struggle to an extent. And we're not like looking for the bar or looking for the food. We are just in a different mode. So everything is so much more genuine, I think. Right, right. We're going to talk a lot about collaboration on here because that has definitely changed. I mean, we're, we need each other and then any industry. And I think everybody is in the same position and we all need to kind of figure this out together. And obviously we're not, nobody's an expert here at this point because we're, this is all new to everybody. But okay, so if you're, how does one build a network? So if you're just starting out, you know, you're a solopreneur and you need some inspiration for new resources or sources, how do you, how do you get started? Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's, there's different ways to look at it, you know. First and foremost, you know, you, you can go kind of the, the route of research and trying to find your network on your own and, and kind of going the reinventing the wheel, so to speak. And people have done that all the time and it's, it's feasible, but I think right now it's especially harder because we're not all interacting with each other in person. 
there already exists all these associations, right? Whether it's a niche that you're specializing in, so whether it's wedding specific, or let's say it's more hospitality, you know, hotel specific or cater specific, and you're looking to kind of gain experience. There's so many associations that already exist that you can tap into. And again, because of the time right now, these all of these associations are giving so much more with regards to resources. So for myself, you know, whether it's being involved in WIPA or being involved in ILEA, I literally have created this network of friends, but also colleagues who not only do I turn to for the purpose of, hey, I have a client, I need you to help me with an event, but now it's also, hey, I'm in a new situation. I have a client that's asking me about a refund or a reschedule or whatever the case may be, and I'm not sure how to handle it. How are you handling it? So I don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? I can tap into the networks that are already there. So look for those associations that already exist. And every association is either national or international at this point. So there are chapters that are all over the world. And that's the, I think one of the, the best parts about it is, you know, if I am here, I'm based in New York and I'm building this network in New York, but I decide in a year from now to pick up and move to California or Chicago, I literally, the first thing I will do is tap into that network and that membership directory of that association's local chapter, because you already have this connection. It's almost like meeting someone that went to your alma mater and all of a sudden you're connected without having to like, or you're a redhead, you're on exactly. a redhead and you're like, we have to, like, we have to get along. <laughs> So I just, I feel like tapping into those networks, I will say, I also always recommend, you know, as much as our industry is so amazing with giving information and helping each other, we're really so, so tight knit as a community, there is a benefit to looking outside the industry as well, right? Whether it's a local chamber of commerce or even like a book club or something that's unrelated, just so that you can build a network of colleagues and and friends that will have a different perspective than you that can give you advice that can be your your vet buddy or whatever the case may be but that has been crucial right well also too okay so i i'm a big networker i have been for years and a lot of the networking groups that i'm a member of or go to are all online so i'm on all of those because we've all moved to online but there some of them have you know, are just a wide, a wide variety, like me and I, which I'm not a member of, and mm-hmm. I want to come in the mornings, but I'm not a morning person, so I can't get up and, and do it. Even now, I, just can't, I can't do it at 7 a.m. So, but there's so, I get referrals from people who are obviously not in my industry, right? right. So there are times when we collaborate. I collaborate with other event producers who, you know, it's a big event and they need help, or I bring people into mine as well. But it's, you know, just going outside of the industry, I think, is the way I've really gotten business. Now, I am, and I, what I'm finding is a lot of my colleagues are calling me now asking, like, what are you, we're getting advice from each other, which never happened before. So, so and and they're like, oh, I'm willing to, you know, pay you for an hour of consult. I'm like, no, 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 no. Just, what is the question? Let me help you. I'm here to help everybody. I just, you know, I, this isn't like, that's not, I'm not going to do that, especially now, right? I wouldn't even do that. You know, if I, someone was looking for me to coach them as to start a new business and things like that, that's different. But 
I still give an advice and, and, you know, I've given so much more. So I, well, and that, that's a great point too. And I think that, you know, what people forget is through networking comes mentorship, right? And in our industry, I mean, we don't really have that formal, like go to college, find your professor who's going to be your mentor. And, you know, then they help you through the ranks. It's a matter of this experience. And I know for myself, I've, the only way I've been able to get mentors is by being a part of these associations, networking, finding those people that I look up to, that I'm inspired by, that I'm, you know, also inquisitive of and saying, how did you do this? And they're the ones that have helped me grow to where I am now. And that would never have happened if I didn't put myself out there. Yeah, you have to. It's a little nerve wracking when you do yeah. that. And I know when I started the association, the, you know, this, I had absolutely the chapter. I had no, I, I never, I had no idea how to put a board together. I just picked the three people that I thought were great at the time. We built it to five, but then I had three and we were together all those years, but it was, it was really great. But I had no idea. You just kind of have to jump in. You can't be afraid to reach out and ask for help, especially right now, because it's just, it's just a crazy time right now. And we're all still learning like what to do. Right. I mean, as I've been in this and I've done virtual, but it's, you know, the whole process is a lot different and it's educating everybody. So, yeah. so how do you transition relationships into partnerships? Now that, you know, I have tons of relationships, <laughs> you know, the whole I, always, I always joke with my business partner. I was like, if I could get paid for every relationship I, I create, I would be set for life. Like that's easy. I can, I can meet anyone. I could talk to anyone, but truly the, the heart, the hard part is, creating a partnership. And when I say partnership, it's also a matter of, right, it's the referrals, it's the working together, it's the collaboration. And honestly, I think a lot of it first stems from getting over the fear, right? So whether it's the fear of putting yourself in that position of asking for an opportunity or saying, you know, it was so great. Like, I love your energy. I love your personality. Let's talk business, right? Because I think we kind of get caught up sometimes, and I used to do this all the time, where you just have fun, right? We're having drinks, we're, we're talking, we're connecting over something personal about where we're from or what we do, and we just kind of get lost in that for 40 minutes, mm-hmm. and then we never take the step to say, all right, this has been great, I, I'm vibing with you, next step, let's have a follow-up meeting, and now with Zoom, it's so much easier because you don't have to really go anywhere. Well, let's have another conversation about how we could possibly work together and having these very forward, I would say, but even just like open conversations to say, I'm a planner. I get vendors all the time or creative partners who say, how can we work together? I'm always very honest in saying it is likely that I may not be able to refer you business because I often get brought in later in the game. But I promise you, I can probably connect you to another person that will give you business. So let's talk. Tell me what your business is about. Tell me what you're looking for. And tell me what kind of contact or what kind of client is your ideal client. And then I do the same with them so that if they ever come across a client that would be a good fit for us, they would know that too. So I think it's just taking that step from, oh, it's just fun and and kind of casual to actually formalizing something that's a strategic conversation. Right. I think we, you know, back to like where to go and how to get, you know, your network, build your network, social media. I mean, 
I've gotten so many referrals on social media. And listen, I have a love hate with it. I wish I didn't have to be on it, but you have to be, especially right now, you need to be visible. And that's how you can build your network that way as well. You have to be out there. You have to be blogging. You have to be absolutely and 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 talking to people. And I, you know, I'm definitely all over social media, as you know, and you are as well. But you know, and even Instagram. Sorry, and try like it's yeah. so much easier now. To be honest, it's, and sure. it's funny how much I think people think. Oh well, like I only have you know 500 followers. I only have this. No one's really watching. You don't need everyone to be watching. No. You just need 10 people, five people to be watching. And those are the five people that matter because they're the ones that you'll have a relationship with. Or even, you know, in order for you to meet someone, it's so much easier to send someone a direct message on Instagram and say, I love your work. Can we set up a time to talk? Or, you know, I'm trying to get more information or I'm trying to learn how to do this. Or, you know, I used to do only corporate and now I want to do weddings. Can we talk? It's right. so much easier now. Think about it this way. If you only have 500 people on your Instagram, wouldn't you love to have, that's the same as being on a stage with 500 people in the audience. You would be so excited to have 500 people oh in, in the room. It's the same thing. Now you have to be consistent because of the algorithm situation. But like when I started doing Instagram stories, which it took me a while to get on the bandwagon. And now of course I'm like amazing. But more people were going on that because it's a quick, everybody likes to look and go and look and go, right? They want yeah. to do something quick and they don't want to just go. So I get so many more comments and, and it, people viewing it, because you can see who views, than I would if I just put it on my Instagram platform. So even when I post something fun, like I posted a mask, this really pretty Oh, mask. I love it. With the sequin. Oh, I love it. With mask. 400 people commented or, or like liked it or commented or loved it or whatever. I could post something like of a, you know, I'm going to be doing the show and I only see a few people. So there are people that are looking. You just yep. know it. And so there are times when I, you know, when I'm going out or and I, someone will say, oh, I love your, your interview program now. And I'm like, oh, you see it? Because, you know, you don't know if anybody's out there. You know there's a few people, but you just don't know. So you have to, that's the how you build and then someone will say, hey, I saw Annette or Daniela posted something that she was doing. You And it, you know, it coincides with what that person was talking sure. about. They're going to refer you. So you just have to keep that in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So what is the value of community over competition? Oh, my gosh. That's like my favorite term. And one of my <laughs> So I have a lot of planner friends, which is always funny because years ago, I remember people be like, but aren't they your competition? Like, why would you be friends? with They're doing, especially the ones that do exactly what I do. And, you know, one of, one of my really good friends, Donna Nello is also a planner and we speak together. She and I, we like love this term because it is, especially in our industry where, you know, she and I are both, we are CSCP. So we, we took the certification, we studied, but like, there's no formal you know, graduating of, of some sort where you can say you come out of this and, and you're, you're in this industry because X, Y, Z, you know, schooling, it's right. really just a community that's come together that is full of, you know, 12 million event professionals in the U S alone. Right. And we can be better if we help each other. Right. So we have helped each other. I have planners that have helped me when I'm in a time of need, whether it's on site for events, yeah. whether it's, 
you know, leading up to an event, questions. And because we don't have something that's standardized as an industry to say, this is exactly how you do things, the only way we're able to, you know, make sure that the quality of, of our work and our competitors and, and our industry and our market is of value and that our clients are understanding this is if we're on the same page. Mm -hmm. And so having conversations of pricing and, and protocol and how each one of us is doing something, it only helps us. It only helps us create an industry where we all have a piece of something rather than one person having it all. So to, and, and, with networking and like creating a network, you know, everyone that knows me knows I have a massive network and whether it's professional or personal, it's just a matter of the more people you know, and the more genuine relationships and conversations you have with people, the more I can help someone, right? Cause like you said, if someone posts something where they're like, I need a translator for X, Y, Z, I probably will know someone that knows someone to help them and yeah. it makes you that much more invaluable. Right, exactly. It, so that's uh, the same. I get the question because I coach event planners on how to start an event planning business or to you know kick their business up. And I get so many people ask, "Why would you do that? Isn't that competition?" First of all, we they, if they walk, they have to walk in my shoes. Right. And even if they did, like follow me around and meet the same people, that doesn't happen. We don't go in the same network. And even if they did. We could have the same qualifications. It's all going to come down because there's many planners that I, there's several planners that I'm up for different type of events, like coaching, live coaching. Events. We're always, there's like three of us that kind of get the, you know, get to put a proposal in. And sometimes I get them and sometimes they get them. It just, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to personality, who matches with the right client, you know, listen, it's all about relationships and stuff. So and when I first started, nobody would help me. I knew how to do events. I didn't know how to run the business. I didn't know how to, you know, speak to the client. I didn't know how to price myself. I had no idea what forms to give. I, you know, any of that stuff. I didn't have a contract. What's the, what was the system of, of, putting, of doing my, you know, organizing my event, my, my business. So I figured one day I was going to help others and I was going to do that. And someone just happened to ask me, uh, this was like four or five years ago, I need some help. Can you help me? I want to start my business. I thought, okay, well, here we go. So, you know, it falls into place. It goes full circle and, and yeah. you know, it goes back to also not having to reinvent the wheel. Like right. There are people that have done this. There are people that are willing to help. I'll never forget a few years ago, I was in Ron Ben Israel's studio where you yeah. know, they, they make all the beautiful cakes and yeah he introduced me to his apprentice at the time and he was telling me about how he has this whole program and you know every few months he has someone new that comes in and the whole purpose is to keep you know because the same thing could be said to him like why would you do that when they could go off afterwards and he's had many people that have got off to be really successful in in the bakery you know in the baked goods industry but it doesn't hurt if you want to keep the legacy going, if you want to keep the industry growing and we're all in this for the long haul. So you might as well be helping other people in the, in the process. Yeah. And my, I hire all contractors. So all the yep. people that work with me have their own businesses. Yep. They do their own, they have their own clients and do their own thing. I mean, they do signs, you know, a non-compete so that there's no, you know, they're not taking my clients. They can't give out cards at events and things like that. But we, that's how I work. I don't have employees because it's just, it's too much. I did that for many years and that was just, it was just too much to do that. And I, 
you know, now it's a little tricky because of the hours and things that you have to work, but I respect that. And that's, I, I've been doing that for years and it's just, a, it just, you know, so you have to just kind of trust and get used to that. Yeah. So I know we touched a little bit on what's the, you know, networking in a virtual or COVID kind of world here. So you want to give some advice on that? And I think we touched on it, but I think that's where we're at right now. You know, it's like, what does it look like if, if people aren't already, you know, so sick of it at this point or yeah. have, you know, gone into it? What advice can you give them? Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's a few things, you know, one, use this time to try some of the things that you didn't want to try in person, right? So whether it's networking groups, associations, things like that, everyone is so open right now to say, how can we help you? It's it's so much easier, I think, for someone, especially that was nervous about going into a room full of people, maybe by yourself, not knowing just how to say hello. A lot of the kind of Zoom networking calls that I've been a part of are much more formulated to an extent, but there, you know, some, there's a host that's facilitated. So someone is kind of guiding the conversation. So it's a little bit easier to meet people. And it also, it's not as awkward, right? You're like having a conversation for a set amount of time. You know what the topic is. You know what everyone's struggle is. You can start by talking about a struggle or a win and kind of go from there. But the other piece of it is, you know, I have a lot more time on my hands now, as I'm sure many people do. Go through your contact list, right? For And this is for those who have been in the industry for quite some time also. Go through your contact list and spend some time every week touching base with people, whether it's a quick text message, whether it's emailing an interesting article, whether it's a phone call, catch up. I, I remember I heard probably like six months ago, Jason Pfeiffer, who's the editor-in-chief of um, Entrepreneur Magazine, he said something super simple. It was basically to create a spreadsheet, have different sheets on the spreadsheet of different categories of your contacts, and just plop your contacts in there. Forget a CRM system for this, but just for the purpose of seeing all your contacts so that you can easily reach out to them. And it wasn't until about a month ago that I finally did that. And I literally have it in my calendar on a weekly basis to reach out to my contacts and not, not to say that I do that because I need it to be for a business purpose, but because we get, we forget, we, we get lost in things day to day. And this sets a reminder. And it's honestly, even for my sanity, like I had a catch up call with a floral designer. I haven't spoken to in a while yesterday. And it was just nice to to vent, to chat, to hear what she's doing with her life, to chat, to give her an update on my life. And it's these relationships right now that are going to come full circle once we get to the other side of COVID and everything else that's happening. Right. So just those check-ins, you know, we, we like to send things to our clients and same thing to friends. I write handwritten cards that I send out, little things that will keep you relevant and stay on top of people's minds. Yeah. So I, it's, you know, I, it, we, since we have time, right, we have time now and is do one-on-one, you know, yep. do one-on-ones with people. I recently did that and you're going to hear some sirens. because New York City. I had construction yesterday. <laughs> um, and I live in Central Park West, don't forget it. But I just have been reaching out to people that I haven't really talked to because I have some time and I've reached out to people that I haven't talked to in a really long time. And I got on the phone with this this woman, and she does a lot of live events. She's in Los Angeles, or she's in California. 
And we've known each other for years and years and years. And we just started chatting, like, what are you doing? How are you? You know, I wanted to see how she was, you know, turning, if she was going virtual and what she was doing. And then I started telling her just kind of as a friend and giving her some advice on some things that they're doing now virtual. And she said, oh, my gosh, I need to hire you. Like, <laughs> I did an event in three weeks, a virtual event. I didn't know half of this stuff that you were telling me. Perfect. And I ended up getting a client out of it. And so the, you just never know. And you need to like, not talk about what you're doing or what you're looking for. Ask. You have to ask. People aren't going to know. It's when I first, we first started, you know, going into the virtual and really talking about it. I figured, well, I'm a, an event producer. Everyone knows I'm doing virtual. But I happened to mention it on a friend of mine was posting something about just other people's businesses. And I said, and don't forget you know, Nate Productions virtual events. He goes, oh, you're doing virtual? He was referred me to several different clients now. Amazing. I know. And so people might not necessarily know what you're doing or if you're doing Definitely. something different. And just like these programs, I'm doing these, you know, this interview thing now. And it's been really great and helping people. And I'm getting so many people saying, thank you so much. That was a great interview. And they've reached out and people are getting business, you know? Amazing. And I feel like it's a combination of the asking and also being vulnerable. Like, it's yeah. okay to tell someone, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm struggling right now. Yeah. If you guys have any questions, please ask them because we're coming down to the end here. and We would love to get some of your questions. But that's the thing. It's, you just made a point about something. I forgot what you said. Asking. Being vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, we're all in the same boat here, you know, and everyone is funny too because we were right before this call we were you and I were talking about the event planner expo and last year at the expo I had done a talk with with a, a friend and colleague of mine about being vulnerable and that yeah. the only way you can really grow in this industry is by being vulnerable and, and you know talking about failure and and that was pre pre-covid times right now it's a different kind of vulnerable that if anything, it should be so much easier to talk about because everyone is going through it and no one is excluded from it and everyone is trying to get creative. And so it's a matter of, you know, bouncing ideas off each other and, you know, thinking about new ideas in a way that you wouldn't have before or thinking about your, you know, failures or weaknesses in a different way. Right. And I always feel like everyone knows what I know. Like, what do you mean you don't know how to do it? registration right now what do you mean you don't know that you should bring entertainment in or you should do that you know so when I talk about these things because me to me it feels like you know I've been doing this forever but not everybody knows so you have to you know bring it out there so tell me about what how can people find you and do you have anything like you're offering right now or you know any services or consultations or anything like that yeah definitely so social media for sure First name, last name, Daniela.Grafman on Instagram, super active, Facebook. Our website is visioneventco.com. So I think I mentioned we specialize mostly in weddings and nonprofit events, kind of two ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we, we've been doing is more of a consulting for weddings. So I know a lot of couples are kind of, especially the ones that are just getting engaged and are so nervous to plan for, for 2021 and beyond and kind of need to dip their toes in because a lot of dates are booking up but aren't sure how to approach that. Yeah. So we've created different consulting packages so that we can kind of help you get started or if you've kind of got started but aren't sure what to do next. And right. that way it's it's shorter. It's a less of a commitment for them. And then if they need more help, we can always help them. And we're doing the same for our nonprofit clients. 
what? So I'm booking weddings for next year. I do a lot of weddings and nonprofits as well and corporate and social and all that. But and the, I find that the nonprofits are kind of now getting into the virtual. They realize they're doing their lives next year, but they're doing right. virtual this year because they have to, you know, raise the money. So what what are some things that are you doing virtual weddings? So we are doing like where we're actually involved in weddings, we're doing some smaller in-person weddings. We are having a virtual aspect. So there's definitely a live stream opportunity for the ceremony. We have a wedding that's coming up that we're going to be working with a couple. We completely changed the whole narrative and it's going to be like a 15, 20 person event at a house upstate New York that they rented because they don't have their own house, so that's something to consider now. A lot of venues, you know, if they have outdoor space, we're trying to work with them to help our clients. So we're doing that. I can't say that we're doing strictly virtual events. And I think because some element of gathering is allowed in the New York Tricet area, people are trying to make use of that, whether it's 20 guests or 50 guests or, you know, 100 in New Jersey. That's what they're going for with some element of virtual, but not only completely virtual at this point. Right. right. And when you're renting a house, what do you have to consider? Because obviously I'm oh concerned about maybe the house has, you know, COVID in it or something. So yeah. what do you have to think about when you're doing that? Yeah. So it's, you know, it's funny too, because I think about it for myself, you know, in going away for a week and I was like, I don't know if I want to do Airbnb because I'm not sure how it is and, and what is that like? So it's, if you one is having a very in-depth conversation with the owner of the house, understand who, when was the last time someone was there, having them give you all the details of you know right. the cleaning processes, what's going to happen during, after, what products also do we need to bring versus that they'll provide. You know, in the past you'd be like, oh, they have their towels, we'll use them. Not quite likely to happen, and that's okay. Other parts of it are, you know, booking it for an extra day also. So let's say we really only need it for Friday, Saturday. We're booking it from Thursday to Sunday so that we have the time to go in and they can actually do some of their own cleaning if they need to. Because this particular one is a smaller, more intimate wedding, there's 14 houses in the there are 14 rooms in the house okay. and not all of them are being used. So we're able to actually spread people out okay. and have people like as couples together. And, you know, it's a little bit more casual. It's a little less formal. Right. So there's some, some benefits to it as well, rather than it being a venue where it's someone else's property that we're working with, right. but it's definitely a new, a new checklist of, of questions that we're going through. Right. Yeah. So Hilton has this new program that they're doing where they go into the space, they, you know, clean it up and down, and then they put a sticker on the door. I love that. You see that? Yeah. So they put a sticker on the door for the planners to know, okay, they clean this to the guidelines that they give us for the event space. So we, we really don't know what social, what social distancing is going to look like. I'm in big conversations right now with a bunch of hotels for events for next year. And we are booking the space for social distancing. And yep. it has to be that way. If we don't have to do that, I can't imagine that this is all going to be poop go away by April of next year. So I think people are going to be too afraid to kind of, we'll see. We don't really know, but we are booking it that way. So there are huge guidelines 
and you just kind of have to follow them and I guess cleaning them yourself and you know when you have yeah them. and even that you know it's interesting like having friends again like talking about your network like I have friends who work in hotels I also have friends who work in rentals and I have been touching base with all of them for different purposes but to understand like what are you guys doing? And have you created sample floor plans already? Can we just like look at them instead of having to do the work where I don't really know what it's going to look like or what's happening internally. And then that helps me come back to my clients with an educated response to say, Hey, this is what's happening. This is what we're looking at. It's tentative, but at least we have an idea from the source. I really don't know how they're going to do the, and I'm talking to a couple of hotels now about this, but, and they're like, well, We'll get back to you. Like, they don't know themselves. But how do you put 100 people in a ballroom and social distance them and then bring them into a foyer and social distance them? Because the foyer is, you know, nowhere near the size of a, a big ballroom. So it's interesting. It's something that everybody's kind of trying to figure out. And my heart breaks for all the venues. And Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So my clients, because my clients are so excited to do events. And it's breaking my heart to, like, really their concerns you know and they don't know if people are gonna be able to come and all of that but it makes it true though that we know that once we're able to have those events yeah everyone's got like they're gonna be out of this world yeah and then a year from that will be like nothing ever happened right Absolutely. <laughs> we're I getting so. amazing pricing from uh you know i think i posted i don't know if you saw it but i'm getting 60 percent attrition which is never happened Absolutely. So if you're out there negotiating hotels with hotels right now, attrition's you can get 60%. They're getting no room rentals. They're getting amazing deals. You just got to negotiate as much as you can. And I'm known for being a negotiating queen. But, but the thing about collaborating with hotels that I wanted to mention earlier, and I forgot to talk about that, was, you know, when you mentioned that vendors, we don't really collaborate with vendors because the vendors, we bring the vendors on. So for a vendor to refer clients to us, it's kind of, they're, they're the last to be brought on. So we don't, you know, we're kind of used to that and, and that happens. But venues, when right. you have relationships with venues, you can collaborate with them and they'll say, hey, and you know, if I've done events like the Roosevelt Hotel, I've done lots of events there, which unfortunately is completely like there's no event. The whole team has been let go and it's just, it breaks my heart. Oh my so, but, so that was a way to collaborate. That will come back, but, you know, reach out. Now I have the, the people from the hotels reaching out to me, the you know, the, the senior vice presidents of catering and all of them coming to me yeah. asking, what's going on? What are you guys doing? And trying to find another niche for them. And it's, it, it's just, it's heartbreaking, but, you know, we're strong and, and we'll, we'll for sure. Back. So here I have a question. You encounter clients that don't believe the COVID pandemic is real and want to have a large event anyway. Great question. Great question. I, I haven't personally encountered any that think it's not, that don't think it's real. You know, I do think that we're in a position right now because in the tri-state area, like, you know, we do a lot of events in New York. We also do a lot of events in New Jersey, in Connecticut. And having the different rules is definitely something that is challenging because in New Jersey, you're allowed to have up to 250 or so people out. And even though it's outside, I personally may not necessarily feel comfortable doing that event. Yeah. So I, I haven't found myself in that position exactly. Although the last wedding that I did in person was about 40 
guests plus staff. And I did get anxious afterwards and it made me a little nervous from like a health perspective. Sure. So it's something that I've, and I've said this to my team, I've, we've made the decision as a company that if we don't feel comfortable working in event because of the details of the parameters that we're under, it is okay for us to say no. And as hard as it is to turn away a client, we need, we need to stick to that right now because our health is most important. Right. So I have one of my colleagues just this week asked if she could pick my brain on a client who does a 5,000 person event in January. We're not going to be in a 5,000 person. There's no way no that's going to happen. And he is persistent and he wants to do it. And, you know, I, I said, look, you're going to have to get his lawyer involved and you're just going to have to make sure your cancellation clause is very solid because and yeah. if you're going to be doing work for it now, make sure that there's a clause in it that if it gets rescheduled, you're going to get paid to do the work all over again. Yes, for sure. Or if you know, we did like this spring, we ended up moving our clients to the next to next year and just kind of put our payments on hold. We did do that. I mean, obviously we don't normally do that and that shut pretty much shut the business down. But, you know, and we're, we're we rebooked and we're going to start the payments up again. But we did do that. And that's just something that, you know, and most of the venues have been very, very good about allowing us to do that. So just make sure that class. I actually am going to have a lawyer on in a couple of weeks and so we're going to hit all of those points. So join us when we have that that interview, because I'm making sure that we're getting all the legal questions yeah. in about what we need to do and know for this because it's it's really it's scary signing contracts. And none of us were in that world of legal, you know, experts. Yeah. We know about our contracts that we deal with in hotels and and partners and things like that. But this has been a whole other world. I I feel like I've been a lawyer in the last couple. Absolutely. Of we still have to know contracts and we have to know negotiating and what goes into those. And I know them inside and out, but, and we do have a clause that says pandemic. It, you got to put the word in there and, you know, listen, if it's, if we're still going on and we can't have that many people and you just, it, it is, right. and the, they're, they're working with us, but at some point they're not going to, because they have to keep their business going. But this has been so great. You're just a doll. Thank you for everything you do in the industry. And yeah, thanks for being on. Thank you. All right, my love. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks everyone for joining us. See you soon.